Hello and welcome to the first real episode of the Well Damn podcast with your two favorite hosts, Aileen and Livia. In case you haven't listened to our uh, first podcast episode, make sure to do that on our Spotify. We speak about all kinds of really interesting subjects such as sustainability, social injustices and also living as a teenager. Whenever we post a new episode, we will remind you on all of our socials. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at Podcasts to get any updates regarding the podcast. All of our links are linked down in the episode description. So in case you didn't already know, last month, October, was actually Mental Health Awareness Month. And that is why Aileen and I thought it would be a really good idea to speak about mental issues, especially right now during this difficult time uh, with corona. So sit back, relax, and enjoy listening to today's episode. (laughs) So before we begin, just a little trigger warning for our listeners This episode might contain mental health issues that could trigger our audience, so please consider this before you listen to our episode. Thank you. Well, damn! Psychotherapist Virginia Satter affirmed that we need four hugs a day to survive, eight hugs to maintain ourselves, and 12 hugs to grow. After 20 seconds of hugging somebody, we release the happiness hormone oxytocin, a hormone that lowers blood pressure, slows the heart rate and improves your mood. This, of course, wasn't a very realistic option during the lockdown, but we will talk about how this affected us later on. Today's episode is a very special one because we have one of our dearest friends with us today. She was kind enough to um, talk with us about everything regarding mental health. So thank you very much for that. And let's dive right into all the questions we have for her. So the first question we have for you is what, in your opinion, is mental health and how can you define it in terms of your own experience? Well, Basically, mental health is a very broad subject and well, it's difficult for, for everyone and it's very different for everyone because everyone has mental health, um, but some people struggle with it more than others. Um, mental health is, well, basically it's the same as physical health, but then mental, right? It's how you feel inside rather than how you feel outside. And... It's very difficult to understand because since it's something we only feel for ourselves, um, as ourselves, um, it's a very personal struggle. Um, And mental health for me is very much something that makes me rethink what I do a lot. It makes me overthink. And um, there are many moments that I hate it. There are also many moments that I... (laughs) Oh, God... (laughs) There are also many moments that I am very grateful to have, well, obviously mental health. Um, But it's really just something like physical health. And in a way, you learn to live with your thoughts like you learn to live with your body. Mm -hmm. And do you maybe have some advice on how you can learn to live with your thoughts? Or is it something you haven't figured out yet completely? I don't think anyone ever completely figures it out. Um, How to learn to live with yourself. 
It's something I'm not that good with, but it's mostly self-acceptance. It's knowing how you feel. It's also knowing that you're not alone in your struggle, because many people tend to think they're alone, while in reality they're not. Mm. Um, It's knowing how you feel and trying to look for ways to, in a way, accept that. And it's not so much about trying to feel better, it's more about accepting how you feel. Because in time, that will make you feel better. Mm -hmm. I just have um, another question. So, of course, it is very difficult to deal with these um, thoughts, these reoccurring thoughts. Um, But do you think constant happiness would be the solution? So never having to deal with these little voices in your head? Because... In my opinion, these struggles make us stronger and, you know, you can, like, afterwards you can really feel the happiness. And I guess the struggles are worth it because afterwards you feel so much better. So what is your take on that? Well, first off, constant happiness is entirely impossible (laughs) because obviously the state of constant happiness would not be happiness after a while. Mm -hmm. So yes, um, the struggles are sometimes worth it because they change you, they make you grow as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, And in time, they make you be happy about different things. Yeah, and maybe make you more grateful about the happy moments you can really enjoy more. Exactly. Yes, you you can cherish those moments a lot more after going through... such a struggle exactly i think after this semi lockdown ends we will all cherish hugs way more or just you know all the things we took for granted before going to the cinema just meeting up with random people that will all be so new again for us i think we will all be very happy and eternally grateful to re be able to relive those things I'm not sure how eternally grateful we'll be, but... Yeah, probably. (laughs) I also talked about this with family, and they said that maybe, yeah, the first month we'll all be so glad, but after a while, you get used to everything, even the greatest stuff. (laughs) Um, So regarding the lockdown, since we've now talked about it, um, how was your experience during the lockdown, and how did you cope with the fact that your life had shifted completely because, I mean, we were in school and all of a sudden we had to do everything from home. We weren't allowed to see our friends. So how has that change impacted you during the lockdown? Well, I personally find lockdown very difficult. I know many people find it difficult, obviously, but um, my friends have always in a way, been something to keep me going. And when suddenly we were all stuck at home, um, it was more difficult to see those friends. Um, But I think I had it pretty good because my family are nice people and I like being with them and they, they made it bearable. And my friends who'd call me are would um, randomly send me a message or a letter 
um, <laughs> would just make me smile and get me through it. Yet, many times that the moments that they weren't there, um, I really struggled um, because there was nothing to keep me motivated. There was nothing to keep me going. And could you speak with your family about those struggles or yeah, did they have their own struggles so you kept, kept them to yourself? Well, it really depended on what struggles I wanted to talk about because obviously my family knew it was hard for me. And um, about the missing my friends, I could, e I could easily talk to them about. But since everyone was going through a hard time, it was... There's also a lot I kept to myself. Mm. I also think, um, like as you mentioned earlier, that it's important for people to know that we don't always go through things by ourselves because it's a very hard thing to acknowledge or think that you're completely alone in a struggle. Whereas now with the, with, um, the virus, I feel like it's a very beautiful thing that we're all going through it. I know it's not a nice thing. I mean, nobody is enjoying this. Um, but it's just so nice to know that everybody is struggling. I don't know if that makes sense. But yes, <laughs> I completely understand because I also feel that this lockdown has really shifted the way people think about mental health problems because I think now everybody realized and has been through them and really thinks yeah okay it can happen to anyone and also for example our school sent us an email that if we needed help we could always talk to the school psychologist and stuff like that I think it has made it really clear to people that everyone struggles sometimes and it's better to talk about it and help each other instead of bottling it all up mm -hmm. I very much agree <laughs> yes um, are there also some things you liked during the lockdown that you discovered or yeah, maybe you started a new activity for yourself? Oh, things I liked during lockdown. <laughs> if there <laughs> are, of course. Difficult question. <laughs> Difficult question indeed. No, it was fun to get to wake up later. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> at school I'm pretty much in a constant state of tiredness. Yeah. Um, what was fun during lockdown? I went out walking more. Like before, when I went out with friends, it was always I'd go to their house and we'd watch movies and we'd bake stuff. And um, but during during lockdown, I went out walking and I went out biking and I went out running. Mm -hmm. And sometimes with people, sometimes alone, and it was it was fun. That that I like. Do you also have the idea that um, being in a lockdown and only being able to see so many persons has made people more creative to yeah, still meet up and still be able to connect with each other? Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, now that we are forced to... Well, forced um, to find creative ways to meet up with people... Um, it and it forces us to think more about it. Um, more and more people just find different ways instead of the, oh, you come over to my house and we eat dinner and that's it. Sleepover. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I also have another question. So did you, now that you're, that we're kind of past this first lockdown, um, did you see like an inner development in this time? So were you able to reflect on certain things in the period of lockdown? Was there some kind of self-development in a way, if you understand my question? Were you able, for example, to reflect on the past or maybe think a bit about the future or just even the present? Um, you know, think about these kinds of things. Yeah, maybe learning how to accept the current situation, stuff like that. I certainly got to think a lot. Um, some things I thought about weren't so happy, but yes, I think the the amount of time that we've all been given has given me time to accept certain things. Obviously, there are some things we can never accept mm-hmm. um, and some things that need more time to be accepted, yet... No, lockdown has, in some ways, helped. It's just because I've talked to an, uh, to other people and they sometimes told me that they think it was maybe a waste of time and that they could have done so much more in that period. And I just believe that they shouldn't be so hard on, on themselves because it was a really difficult period and it was, as you said, it was really hard to be motivated and to be yeah. productive at all times. And like productiveness is not everything and this is something that is messaged, bombarded upon us from the society, society. we live in. Just like, yeah, oh, productive day, yay, good day is a productive day. But sometimes just, uh, yeah, as we did in lockdown, I think sitting in our gardens and reading or just thinking is also productive for yourself. It doesn't need to be economically productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, that's something mm-hmm. I really noticed that during lockdown, like in the beginning, everyone was like, oh, I'm going to do so much work and I'm going to make a garden and I'm going to start writing again and I'm going to start drawing again. And I was just confused because I wasn't going to be able to do all that. I knew I wouldn't have time for that or I knew that I would have too much time and that the overload of time would, in a way, keep me from doing stuff. And, well, for me, a predictive day could have... One day have been, I go to school and I do all my work and I'm finished early. Or another day could be, I wake up I have logged into my classes and for the rest of the day I read because I can't manage to go to school. Um, and both of them were productive days, mm. but in a different way. Yeah, exactly. We should redefine our definition of productiveness because yeah, some productiveness is just inside of ourselves and not visible to the whole world. It's just a lot of um, pressure from the outside to constantly you know, move forward and never stop. And I feel like a lot of people get, like, wrapped into this and they have the sense that they can never catch up with the rest, which, of course, we should prevent in a way because it is a lot of pressure on people to go with everyone um, and do what society tells us to do. Um, Yes. Yeah, and I saw that with my brother, for example, because he had classes uh, maybe once a day. 
because at our school we got the classes on our normal timetable mm-hmm. but he just got assignments and was given the whole week to finish them so everyone just had their own rhythm or their own way of handling those assignments so i saw that yeah there are many ways you can accomplish things and maybe some people will do yeah very regularly like one thing a day but he did everything the first day to be free the rest of the time and i think i personally would have left everything until the last day so it's really interesting to see how different people manage their stuff Mm. well you do learn a lot about yourself i mean i just learned that in the period of the lockdown that i am more of the procrastinator and (laughs) leave (laughs) things usually to the very last moment um so in a sense you can also improve and see okay maybe i shouldn't do my assignments so late and should start a few days earlier um so in that way you can develop but i don't know if did you like did you both like the fact that we had a set schedule and that we had to follow like follow the normal school hours well i think that having a routine is very important um because being given a basic structure for our day um makes everything go easier um the amount of classes that were still given was a bit much but I personally liked having my own schedule because I know that people from other schools who didn't keep their schedule um, really struggled with doing their work because they didn't have like a certain time slot to do it well for us it's simple if I'm in English class well I'll do my English work you know (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I also found it nice. And also, yeah, like not waking up, for example, at 12 and then not having the full day to work. I just liked trying to keep my routine as normal as possible, waking up and also changing myself, getting dressed properly. So I felt like, yeah, doing work and not still sleeping in my bed. Mm. And yeah setting i said daily tasks for myself but if i didn't accomplish them it wasn't like oh no now how what a terrible waste of time or something but i tried to read every day and yeah do some movement since we were all inside the house the whole time like you said going for a walk or riding your bike or stuff and you livia Yes, I would agree with you both that um, I definitely liked this routine. Of course, at the end of the day, the eight or nine hours of class were a bit exhausting. And I personally couldn't really make a difference between breaks and school anymore because everything was like together. I don't know if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. Because I was constantly in my room, I mean, I tried to switch locations every once in a while so that I don't go crazy. Um, I just, like, it's like school invaded my personal space and I couldn't make a difference between the two anymore and that I didn't really like. But as you both said, having this bit of normal routine in your life definitely helped me to go through it. Um, otherwise I wouldn't be motivated (laughs) to do all the work 
Yeah, I've also noticed that that yeah, as you say, school really invades your personal life. Or also with my mom working from home, she was also working more after her work hours had finished or so on because it's easier to say, oh, I just check one email or just finished this document or whatever. But yeah, it's important to also relax. And how did you experience this, Kat? Well. In a way, it invaded my private life because, um, well, since it was literally in my room and the first few classes we had, people always asked us to put on our cameras. It was like, dude, you can see my room now. No, you're not allowed. My room is my room. It's my safe place. Um, And obviously no one comments on your room, but the idea that people can see into your life, a life that many people in a way keep hidden from others, was a bit disturbing. Um, Because also my mum worked in the living room and when she was in meetings, I would be a bit afraid to enter the living room because I might just appear on camera, you know. which is weird, it's my house. They shouldn't be able to invite our, pravi- uh, our privacy like that. Mm. And um, it's things we keep secret, it's things we keep hidden, it's our own little world, it's our own little bubble. Yeah. And yet, without even thinking about it, they entirely invaded it. But um, do you have like an alternative on how people should have handled the situation to not invade as much. Because, for example, now in the last weeks of online school, we never had to put our camera on. So do you think that would have been better since the beginning? It's for sure better to not have to put our cameras on. (laughs) That is um, a fact, for me, anyway. But I think that no matter what we would have done, they would always, in a way, invade our private life Mm -hmm. because it would be our home and no longer the school. And from, well, the moment that we start going to school, we always get taught, oh, schoolwork is at school. It's in this one building with all these people and all these teachers. It's not at home. That would be called homework. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think there would have been a way to not in, not invade our private lives. Yet I think there would have been ways to handle it better. But to be honest, I don't know them either. <laughs> okay. And I just wanted to say that even though, yeah, maybe for you it felt like... Um, showing a part of you that you didn't want to show to everyone... I like the fact that, for example, some teachers showed like their pets or their children or just, I don't know, you got to see them in a different environment and that was also fun sometimes. But yeah, I can understand it can feel almost a bit threatening to just show your <laughs> bubble to <laughs> everyone. I uh, Yeah, I know. I, I think a lot of teachers and students also wanted the the camera on because it gave them also a sense of connection because I noticed when we did the calls 
and nobody had their camera on. It was just as though we were speaking to a wall, and yeah, <laughs> like it w- it felt very lonely and isolating. So whenever and impersonal, just listening to a voice from a screen and mm-hmm. yeah, yes, weird. Yeah, but I I know exactly what you mean with the invasion of your own space. I mean, sorry, um, <laughs> I. Uh, you know, like, you can't do normal things in your house anymore because you think someone can hear you on the call or someone will say something. <laughs> so that I didn't really like, but... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's maybe um, move away from the subject of school. So do you have some advice or yeah, maybe things that helped you personally to cope with... Um, yeah, mental issues or... Well, since it's so personal, it's very difficult to give advice since it's a personal story. It's a personal, well, thing that you have to overcome. It's a personal struggle. Um, But what I know helped for me a lot is knowing that people are there for me. And there have been many times where I reached out to to some of my good friends and told them, hey, I'm not doing that well. Would you mind listening to me for a bit? And that always helps. Just being able to say what I want to say doesn't directly mean that they need to have an answer because obviously we don't have an answer. Like, we're teenagers. It's It's not a thing. We don't have this magical thing to make us all feel well and even adults don't have Mm -hmm. it Um, but being listened to and being heard really helps and sometimes reaching out is very difficult being the first one to to make that step and ask someone hey could you be there for me for a second is not possible Um, and if in those cases your friends come up to you and ask you, hey, how are you doing? Can I help you in any way? I know you've been struggling a bit lately. That um, makes you feel a lot less alone. And a big struggle with mental health is that people often tend to feel really, really alone. Um, and then being asked how you're doing and the other person actually being for real interested in that answer not just expecting the yeah I'm good that society actually prescribes for us to say um, that is something that really helped me mm-hmm. um, another thing that really helped me is going to a psychologist um, it's something I struggled with in the beginning because obviously there's this stigma around going to a psychologist. You only go to a psychologist if you're crazy. You're a psychopath. Exactly. <laughs> no, you don't. You go to a psychologist when you're not feeling well. You go to a doctor when you're not feeling well. You don't yeah, exactly. go to a doctor when you're completely bleeding out. You know, it's <laughs> you're supposed to go there before it's not that a last stage. resort. Yeah. It's that's um, an important thing to remember. It's something that helps us. It's something that's supposed to help us. And the whole stigma around it keeps people away from it. Yet, um, I've been going there for several years now. I've been going to a psychologist for, um, 
for a while. And even though um, even though I still struggle, it's something that really helps me. And obviously the psychologist doesn't know all the answers either. But again, she's a person, or he's a person, or X, yes. the person <laughs> that listens to you. Mm-hmm. And that hears you and that in a way understands you. And what I want to ask is, is it only the aspect of just someone there only having attention for you and listening to your story? Or is it also the fact that he, she, it, uh, yeah, we're trying to be inclusive, but (laughs) sometimes it's a bit (laughs) difficult, but you know, to have a person that isn't part of your daily life, that is so, yeah, disconnected from your life so you are able to open up more to them than to yeah, a classmate or a family member. Yeah, for sure. For sure, because if you talk to a friend, you see them. Sometimes on the daily, sometimes on the weekly, but you see them in other contexts as well. And sometimes it's very hard to live with the knowledge that they know so much about you, that they know about your struggle, because... We tend to hide our struggle. I know I tend to hide my struggle. Um, but going going to someone who doesn't know you then and only hears that one side, it's, it helps. Because also you know that she won't judge or he won't judge or it yeah. <laughs> won't judge. They, not it. <laughs> yes, so they, they, they. Very good, yes. Um, because... It's not so much that the friends you judge, I think. It's more, I am very afraid of being judged on what I tell people. Yeah. Because I always feel like it will change how they see me and mm. how they think of me. And I do not want that. I just want to be a friend. But judgment changes people. So that is probably one thing I'm afraid of. And it's one, thing, one of the reasons I go to psychologists, the judgment. Mm. Yes, I just wanted to say that, you know, as you said, having someone that can listen to you, a friend, a family member, anyone, is indeed a very nice feeling. But the thing is, like, I also go uh, to a therapist and I'm very scared that I will be very attached and that I will constantly have to rely on this person. So maybe at the end of therapy so once I don't see this person anymore um, maybe I won't be able to overcome struggles by myself I don't know if you have if you both have this fear as well that you maybe cannot do everything by yourself and that you really rely on others Um, I personally don't go to a psychologist or therapist I want to but currently I'm not going and I have never gone so I find it difficult to say Mm -hmm. but I want to say what I know is that we obviously rely on each other and I get the feeling that you want to do it by yourself but like you cannot be autosufficient in any way in your life because everything comes from other people all the time so um 
I think it's a rational fear, but also at the same time a bit irrational. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't really know how to respond. Maybe you have a better well, I answer. Very m- I very much agree with Aileen. We humans are very much social beings. We cannot manage all on our own. And yes, with mental struggles, we tend to look only for ourselves or a very close circle. Um, because because it is so personal. But there is no way you can do it on your own. You always need help and you always need support. And yes, I do sometimes have the same feeling that the moment I'll stop going to a psychologist, I won't manage anymore. But I think that's part of what the psychologist is there for, to teach you how to manage on your own. Um, and... If you need a psychologist, well, then just go to a psychologist, you know. They're they're there for you. Yeah, it's okay, I think, to be reliable on someone. Of course, not completely, but even if it is for a period of time completely, that's also fine. But, yeah, if you stop therapy and then after a while you notice, oh, I, I cannot manage on my own, then, yeah, just go back. Yeah, like the same way we have a doctor. If you don't feel well, you go to the doctor. Yes, and if you feel better, you stop going, obviously, and then, oh, I have another problem, or it came back, then you go again. Mm. But as um, you said, I mean, it is indeed, it is a bit, well, that's not compared to school, but I mean, the, the job, in a way, of the psychologist is to teach you how to handle things in life by yourself as well. They give you a hand with it on your path, but in the end, you're going to have to do it by yourself. And yes, so it's a bit of both. We have to rely on people in order to find ourselves, I guess, back to ourselves, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, unless... C- uh, <laughs> Is there something else you want to say? Um, something you want to add or maybe yeah, something else you want to cha- share? Mm-hmm. What type of thing would you want me to share? No, just if you yeah, if something came maybe. up in mind or if <laughs> you had prepared something else to say, then you can say it and otherwise we will conclude. <laughs> well, I think the most important thing is that we're not alone and that we need to know that we're not alone. Because obviously a big part of what what happens and what we have to do is something we do alone. Yet we must never forget that we can go and ask people to help us. Um, Yet there's one thing that I'd really like to say. Go for it. (laughs) Well, when you talk to people about your struggles, please be careful because everyone is struggling themselves too. So if you just go to them and trauma dump on them, that will just make their struggles bigger. And you shouldn't feel bad for talking to them about your struggles, but you should always ask them if it's okay for them that you talk. And if they say no, well, you'll have to accept that. And you'd have to look for someone else who wouldn't that time feel okay with listening to you. But don't just go up to a person and say, hey, this happened and it's awful and I'm really struggling with it. Well, they're not okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think that's a good piece of advice. So keep that in mind, listeners. <laughs> Do we have a question for the listeners? Uh, yes, we have, actually. And it is, let us know your ultimate mental health tip. So if you want to, but you can share everything you want, you can do that via Instagram at podcast or via a voice message on our Anchor website. It's all linked down in the podcast description. So yeah, you can leave a voice message. And if you add that it's okay for us to share it, we can maybe let them hear during our next episode. So... Yes. And also one last thing we want to say to everyone who is listening. Um, please, if you have any struggles, make sure to seek help. And as we said, ask people and, you know, you're not alone in this. Uh, watch out for yourself and also for everyone around you. And if you ever need help, we are here for you. Yes. <laughs> you can go up to us and we can talk about anything you want. Thank you for listening. I hope it was, well, we hope it was helpful in some way that, yeah, maybe you recognized some things or we gave you a new insight in some things. So thank you for, very much for being here today with us, our thank lovely you. friend. And <laughs> thank you, thank you for you. listening. Bye. Bye. And hear you next time. <laughs> well, well, damn. damn.